What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Coming at you right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out the replays of the show and everything else on Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. That's where we post the links, the cosplayers of the day, and all sorts of other fun stuff. Make sure you're hanging out with us there where you can see the activity happen and all the magic as it gets made. Uh, it's like watching the sausage get made, but yummier. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, if you think about it, it's gross. Um, as always, we're doing the quarantine-style uh, recording of these episodes, so coming at you live from his bunker beneath the hills, uh, little brother Nico. Yeah, still hiding out, still waiting for the world to come back. Uh, at this point, I don't know if it ever will. You are officially Brendan Freeher. Uh, yeah. And there's really no good versions of him to be, so. I mean, I think Brendan Fraser's attractive, so it's fine. We'll survive. I mean, you're good looking, but you're, you know, a mess. <laughs> that pretty much summarizes my life so far. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the arrogance on you, you ugly, ugly man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I guess I should start calling myself comic creator extraordinaire, I suppose. Yeah, look, you've done it. You've made like four books at this point. This is my third that's on Kickstarter right now. Right now. Second version right. property. Right now. Um, and uh, you can go check it out on kickstarter.com. Go ahead and search DMA in the search bar if you would like. Uh, in my first two days, uh, basically not even quite my first 48 hours yet, I've already done a thousand dollars, um, which is pretty good. It's 30% of my goal. I set a goal of 3,100. Um, that's just me producing another issue and printing and shipping this issue. And, um, we are, we are well on our way. Yeah. Look at you. So, you've um, officially you've officially come to the market you refused to come to for so long. I, you know, when we started out, there was a lot of we were in the wild west when we first started. There were no clear, there were no paths to success. Do you think that's fair? There was no, no one, nobody was really succeeding at what we were doing when we started. Like the show? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that was wild west of 2016, like. That was a crazy year. Donald Trump got elected. <laughs> what? And I don't even mean just that, but just the idea that like podcasting was like a hobby. Joe Rogan was like a weirdo. Remember, he would have like alien dudes on, and and like Alex Jones wasn't even selling supplements yet. Like twenty sixteen yeah. was a was a weird moment in time where the business model of the radio show of the podcast hadn't been cracked yet. Um. And we sort of mastered that, but we definitely did it our own way. The reason, I, the reason I'm saying that is like, we would have conversations about stuff. You guys at one point tried to pitch me on the idea of doing a Patreon. You and Joey Savage both. And, and Dad actually was on y'all's side. And uh, I just remember saying like, that feels skeezy. Yeah. Just feels skeezy. Um, you know, I, we talked about doing other stuff before. We did try a Kickstarter. We did try a Patreon 2019, but I think the window had really passed on the idea of podcast nerd shows as Patreon, I think, at that point. Yeah, where it, it kind of, Patreon kind of became like a more of an artist platform where you could support yeah. artists. We were, we were definitely behind the eight ball on that one. Um, we missed our window there. But, and so there's definitely been times where I'm, listen, I think there are times when I'm innovative and my creativity and my intelligence puts me ahead of the curve. And there are a hundred percent times where my ego and my uh, sense of fair play, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it, has put me, has, has been wrong. And uh, Kickstarter, I've always felt like, I always felt like things that go on Kickstarter don't don't move over, don't go anywhere else. Like they just stay on Kickstarter, and I don't want to be a Kickstarter creator. I want to make comic books, but I want that to be abroad. I, I want to have options and the ability to like 
when I say I'm doing something, yeah, I want to I want to galvanize 2,000, 3,000, 10,000 people to be like, oh, Corey's going to release something new. We're going to check it out. Um, so, yeah, I've always kind of avoided Kickstarter. And uh, I think I think this cover is provocative. I think this project is a good idea for Kickstarter. Who doesn't love the X-Men? Who doesn't love West Wing? Like, mashing these two ideas up on Kickstarter seems like a good idea. Yes. So, uh, like I said, it's been two days. We've got $1,000 already backing it. Um, you were right. I was wrong. Um, if that's what you were yeah. hoping for. I don't know if you Yeah, that was the... And that will be one of the few times I will ever get that. <laughs> hey, if you were right more, I'd say it more to myself about you. Um... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you've got to, you've got to really be right for me to say it. you're the little brother. You're never right about anything. Um, <laughs> you're gonna have to earn it. But no, I, I listen. I, I was genuinely afraid to put this Kickstarter up there and have four people go nah, and it does nine dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so I it's mean, it's doing well. It's it's doing well, and it's already surpassed all my expectations just at that point. So. Right. We'll see how it goes from there, and I'm excited about it. Um, but yeah, Kickstarter.com. You can search DMA, Department of Metahuman Affairs. We are the trashy, scandalous, slutty cover with the good book inside. Right, you see? And that's what it's all about, man. You, you lure them in with the provocative. You stay for the story. Yeah, and, and <laughs> when I... When I was, I sat down with a couple different artists pitching different ideas for this cover, and when I sat down with Taylor A about this cover, and we went back and forth, and he showed me some different versions, and there were definitely more provocative versions of this cover, um, and then there were there were there were definitely some tamer versions of this cover, and I I, I think I found I think we did a good job finding the middle. Yeah, thread that needle very well. We put a rich man in heaven. That's what we did there. Mm-hmm. This is camel through the eye of a needle. Blah, blah, blah. You know. It's in the Bible. Yeah. Um, anyway, how are you, man? How was your weekend? Uh, good. There's a lot that happened. Uh, I wasn't prepared for such an action-packed weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you say stuff. And I don't think you realize, like, the sheer irony of, like, what you're saying. (laughs) I don't know if you're going to say it or not, but considering that I know what The Weeknd finished on, Action Packed is a a slight exaggeration. But that's fine. That's fine. A senior citizen's birthday, Action Packed. It's cool. Senior citizen's birthday with a mariachi band. (laughs) Pretty sick. Those old folks know how to party. <laughs> Left at like 8.30. <laughs> Had vanilla cake with no sugar because everyone's diabetic. You clearly don't know how Hispanics work. It's all sugar. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> like, even when everyone's still diabetic, it's still all sugar. There's no backing off that tree. <laughs> Figured that one out the long way. <laughs> oh, I really shouldn't, but that's all you made, so I'm going to anyway. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um Yeah, action packed weekend for you, okay. <laughs> I'm not even gonna correct it. I'm not even going to. It's fine. Is this the truth? Moving on. Uh <laughs> so um did you catch any Netflix released a interesting movie with Jamie Foxx and um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Did you watch it? Oh no i i have been I've been sitting under my rock at my mariachi party. Oh okay. Do you know anything about it? No, I think I've seen a trailer for it. Pills give you superpowers. Yeah, that trailer is really cool. The trailer is really cool. Um. I feel really bad. There was an independent creator on Twitter 
who posted like a couple of panels of the comic book against stills from the trailer, and they look suspiciously similar. Uh huh. And he was like, "It's cool, Netflix. I don't need to get paid. It's cool. It's cool." And apparently, his comic book somehow uh, utilizes pills that give people superpowers. Also. Oh yeah, so it's just the same thing. Maybe. Uh, that wouldn't be a good feeling. I gotta be honest. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if I, it, if it's already if it's already been released, big oof. It's a big case of either theft or the known gnomes doing like man. maximum work. Was this the big heist of the known gnomes? The known gnomes, man, stealing all known knowledge. Once it's known, the known gnomes can get it, man. Exactly. That's a that's a tough call, but I think it might have happened. Brutal. Yeah, that's not a good one. So I uh I have, however, been playing NBA 2K20 in honor of the upcoming playoffs. Mm-hmm. Started this week, and um, aside from the office politics, which I think we talked about a little bit on the show, I honestly don't remember. We did talk about how ridiculous office politics were in yeah, NBA 2K. Yeah, I I don't remember if we did or not, but basically, the long story short, I took over the Rockets uh, for the 2020 season, and very early in the season, uh, Mike D'Antoni, the head coach, comes to me and says, we need to get rid of James Harden. Uh, I fight him on it for a while, but finally I give in and I get rid of James Harden, and then like a week later, the owner comes to me and is like, we got to get rid of the head coach. <laughs> So I had to get rid of the head coach. Well, the game, it's sort of annoying because they've got the scoreboard and the game clock literally in the bottom right corner of the TV screen. Yeah. And on my entertainment center, everything's below the screen level except for the top half of the orb that came with my Marvel Phase 2 case. Oh, right. The thing that the Infinity Stone sits in. Yeah, so it's got the it's the orb from Guardians of the Galaxy. Inside is the power gem. It lights up. It sits on top of the little magnetic device, and on the side is all the DVDs. So the top half of the orb completely covers the opponent's score and the game clock. <laughs> That's obnoxious. So I never know how much time is left and if I'm winning or losing. You know what? That that might be a feature. <laughs> I went ahead. And, like, that's not. That's not a bug. That's a feature. <laughs> I was. I thought. I re- I thought I was losing a game by like nine, uh, and and then we unexpectedly go to halftime. And I say unexpectedly because I can't see the clock. Um, we unexpectedly go to halftime, and I'm up six points. Nice. And I was like, I've got to move this ball. Like I've got to take this orb down. Like <laughs> that is fifteen <laughs> points that I was off by. I can't. Like, I had been keeping track in my head, and I was like, oh, no, I'm minus nine. No, I was plus six, and I had no idea what I was doing. This is why you can't trust people to count. <laughs> this is why you can't trust me to count. If the casinos ever think I'm counting cards, just wait long enough. I'll give it all back. I think he's counting cards. Yeah, but he's really bad at <laughs> yeah. it because he's been wrong three times. <laughs> I think he's trying to count cards. Maybe, but he's down two hundo. Leave him. He's doing fine. He's right where we want him to be. Oh, you ordered another drink. We're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's about how it goes for me. Um, yeah, I don't have too, too much going on. This weekend is uh, DC Fan Dome. That's dumb, but okay. Yeah, not totally sure why they called it that. It sounds like they're going to announce two new video games this weekend. Oh, okay. That's interesting. A new Batman and a Suicide Squad game. I hope this is just, they just, they just just take the entire Marvel Legends, not Legends, whatever that, like, Ultimate Alliance game. Oh. And it's, just, it's just, it's just, it's just the Suicide Squad this time. Well, you're pretty close because Ultimate Alliance was essentially X-Men Legends. Oh, okay. The first X-Men Legends was awesome because it had, like, everyone in it. A ton of the students were in the mansion. 
You could do all these weird like replay things. The second X Men Legends was only okay. That's the one that had all the Age of Apocalypse costumes though. So like whoop. Yeah. I played that one a lot. The unlockable character in that game is Iron Man, because WTF. Yeah. And then Ultimate Alliance came out of that. There you go. It's time for another That's Ultimate one. Alliance. Although this Avengers game, this did come this did happen over the weekend. Um, Avengers did a free-to-play beta. Oh, that's cool. The beta was so good, it wound up making me click buy on the game. All right, there you go. So I did go ahead and buy the game. Uh, I pre-ordered, I guess I should say. Well, I didn't pre-order because they charged me now. So, I bought the game. You bought the game? Uh, apparently, I get to play it first, so September 1st, I get to download it. And Xbox users have to wait three days, so... Got him. Got him. And you get to play as Spider Man. Uh, That's true. Day one. Uh, It's really it's it's an interesting game because it is essentially Grand Theft Auto Ultimate Alliance. That's pretty sick. So big maps with a bunch of missions on them, and up to four players can play together. And oh, that's pretty cool. So like you and your bros can run through the map. And each of you is a different character from the Avengers. Well, that's pretty dank. Uh, and so there's all kinds of skins and all kinds of unlocks and all kinds of other stuff. Um, but so I was running through as uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Nice. I played a couple missions. Uh, it's an interesting game. I think it's very playable. I think the idea of like running with your broskies is awesome. Um... I'm excited about this game. It looks very well done. And the story uh, the story is interesting. They're taking a big risk. They killed Captain America pretty early in this game. Now, my understanding is he does come back. He is a playable character in the game. Um, but he came back. But he came back. Um, but early on in the story, you believe him to be dead. So that's pretty cool. That's a big risk. Now, everyone did get a little jumpy with how this Avengers team doesn't look that great in compared. They look like the stunt doubles, not like the real thing. <laughs> it's kind of a weird. All right. Like when you when you see them in graphic, you're like, is this the Avengers or is this the Walmart Halloween costume Avengers? Like their costume the sense design of... isn't great. The sense of right alliance. (laughs) Have you seen that bootleg toy? No. It's the sense of right alliance. It's like a box set of like Batman, Superman, uh, a Power Ranger, (laughs) Shrek, and a car (laughs) from the movie Cars. Nailed it. It's like, ah, yes, the ultimate crime fighting team. (laughs) Don't forget. In the movie Cars, World War II happened. It's real. That's real. Never forget that. I because I never can. That's, that's real. You know what's funny? Um, and Mater was a World War II vet. Right. That's canon. Yeah. Okay. So we've mentioned that a couple of times, and I was telling that story at a Dungeons and Dragons game, and we have a private game now that we get to play, and Rich is our. Um, friend of the show nurse rich is our dm mm-hmm. well he and i played together in a in a public game not a, not public but in a, in a game with other people not show related and stuff um and so i mentioned the cars thing to him and then like the next week when we got back together he came back and he goes you know i looked that up that's true they really yeah, they really did that- put world war ii in the movie that's, That's real. Weird. That's real. <laughs> oh, <dog's even> <laughs> it's just funny to me that like I struck a chord with him so strong that he went home and was like, I wonder if that's true or not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like one of the it's one of the weirdest fun facts ever. It's definitely a weird fun fact because if you really, really think about it, what the hell, real what the heck are they doing? Like why would yeah. they why would they even do that? Cars World War II exists. Never forget. That definitely means there was a car Hitler. Yeah. Like, there was a car Holocaust. There's all kinds of terrible, terrible things that happened. 
That also means that uh, the ship that the USS Indianapolis that delivered the parts of the nuclear bomb was sunk by a Japanese submarine, but no one knew because it was on a secret mission, and the entire crew was eaten by sharks. That was real. The boat was probably alive. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That's worse. That's worse. The boat was alive. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) He's just crying as he sinks into the ocean. Abandon me. Abandon me. Get clear, I'm sinking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Now, one thing, I've never seen the show, so I don't know if they have any sort of organic creatures at all. I don't think so. So what are the sharks, then? Maybe there's nothing in the sea. Maybe it's eaten by the submarine. (laughs) The submarine eats them. Or they just sink to the bottom and rust. I mean, yeah. Uh, That reminds me of the, from the movie Old Guard. Have you seen it yet? No. So in the middle, they tell you Charlize Theron's like sad origin story moment. There were three eternal warriors together. Uh, Her, some Asian chick and some black dude. And the black dude stops healing one day on the battlefield. So he just dies. So the two of them now realize that that's possible. Um, mm-hmm. They're somewhere, I think they're in Salem or something, in like the, or they're in England in like the 900s, and they get caught, and they're going to be burned as witches. Uh, but instead, they take the Asian lady, and they drop her into the ocean in an iron casket. Oh, nice. Where she proceeds to drown forever. Forever. That's pretty awesome. That's a rough way to go. I mean, that almost happened to Wolverine in Days of Future Past. True. True. Yeah, that's true. It did. And they and they show the Asian lady like they show her in the iron casket, and like she's going crazy trying to get out. The air bubbles are coming out, and then they just stop. And then she starts again, and she's trying to breathe, and she can't. And then it stops, and then she wakes up again, like. Over. Yeah, but like assuming assuming you don't like so that's the one thing I always wonder about like immortals and like being suffocated. It's like you just come back. Like Well so in this one they do just like and they don't know for sure they're coming back every time, to be clear. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I'm saying. Like so there's definitely a possibility that like, you know, a hundred years later Charlize Theron could like crack open the, the iron casket and she could be alive. Yes. But she's been drowning for a hundred years. Ooh, that would that would drive you crazy. Or would you get used to it? I don't know. I'm not immortal. <laughs> I don't want to find out. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, recently to promote uh, DMA, I went on a couple different podcasts, and one of them we did a we talked time travel, mm-hmm. and we covered the Obsidian Age, which you know is one of my favorite comic book stories, and it's the Justice yeah. League. Yeah. And the big premise is Aquaman's dead. Uh, Tempest casts a spell that sends all of Atlantis into the past. Justice League is trying to figure out what's going on. They enter the portal. Tempest reopens. Um, While they're there in the past, they discover a league of champions that are like them but brutal. Uh, Plastic Man, the league basically gets murdered. But also while they're there, Plastic Man uh, gets turned to stone and then shattered. Mm -hmm. Uh, later on, Atlantis gets sunk, so nobody ever recovered him. So fast forward back to modern times, Plastic Man and the Atom skim the surface floor of the ocean and collect all the pieces of Plastic Man. Firestorm and the Atom do, sorry. Uh, pick up all the pieces of Plastic Man, they fuse them back together, and Plastic Man reveals that he's been conscious, he's been conscious this whole time on the bottom of the ocean, unable to move. Oh my god. So talk about your bad days. Yeah, like like where does it go from there? Like does he completely lose his mind or does he like Um he has a revelation. So Batman is the one who brought him on. 
to the team as like a wild card to being planned against. Also, Plastic Man is immune to telepathy because he doesn't have a brain. Oh, that's funny. It's 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 a good it's a good little bit, but it also comes in handy a couple times. So, but he also is a reformed criminal, and he also is a divorced dad, and he has a son. And Batman's the only one who knows he has a son. And apparently, the only thing that kept Plastic Man sane at the bottom of the ocean is over and over he kept having like this sad realization that he's been a really crappy dad. Hmm. So when they put him back together. And he, he kind of freaks out for a second. And then he's like, okay, okay, all right, this is real. I'm real. Everything's real. He's like, cool, cool, cool. He's like, um, I'm not a very good dad. I'm going to go work on that. I'll see you guys later. And he takes like a couple arcs off and then he shows back up and saves the day in a later story. That's kind of cool. It is. There was a time, man, when Justice League was super compelling, really personal stories, really down to earth, really kind of was pushing – like good narrative with the with the most important characters in the DC universe. Uh, I'm not saying that's not happening right now. I'm not reading Justice League right now, um, but there was a time when it was 100 percent happening, mm-hmm. and it was that Joe Kelly era of the Justice League that I loved. Um, all right, we've been rambling for a while. We'll jump onto a break when we come back. We got more Nerd Thug Radio coming. <laughs> The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conroe, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so takeouts. Uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. This is Rudy Townjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, Conroe, to some more Nerd Thug Radio right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IrelandStar.com. Um, as always, you can check out the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Or if you want to do something else, that's fine. Do it. I don't even care anymore. I'm not going to fight you. I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm just over it. Uh, little brother Nico coming in with me here on this uh, Nerd Thug Radio Monday. Still alive, still here. Ends. It's a mundane yeah. Monday. Mon- Mondays. Mondays. Was it um, Solomon Grundy who always complains? He's like born on a Monday or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there's some sort of whole poem. But I think it's I think it's I think it's a real poem. I think Solomon Grundy is a real character in a poem, but I don't know it, so Born on a Monday, Solomon Grundy. Born on a Monday, Solomon Grundy. Then he punches you and you die because he's a zombie man. Yeah, but like, so it's interesting. The the Solomon Grundy story is kind of cool in the sense that every time he's reborn, technically he's a different character. Um, so in the Starman book, another reason Starman is one of my favorite books. Um. He's reborn as this sort of slow, pacifist, peaceful. He's still strong and, and like weirdly crazy, but he doesn't want to hurt anyone. And he's this weird straggler, like zombie wanderer type guy. And so he just hangs out at Star City for a while with Starman until DC needed Solomon Grundy again, so they killed him. 
R.I.P. Star. R.I.P. That guy. I was gonna say Starman. I was like, well, he's not dead yet. No, he's not. But like, it was just kind of an interesting take on the Starman because when he first shows up, you know, uh, Starman's like, "Oh, it's Solomon," and he's like shooting him and all that. And then he's like, "Wait a minute, he's not even really the bad guy here." Solomon's <laughs> like, "Why are you so mean to me, dude? Yeah. Do anything? <laughs> Why you shoot Solomon Grundy? My bad." <laughs> oh, I feel bad now. And they actually kind of touch on that a little bit in the Justice League show where Solomon Grundy and Hawk Girl have like a unique relationship because her nth metal like really hurts Solomon Grundy. Uh-huh. And so later on at one point, like he's been manipulated magically by somebody and so he's in pain. And he's like, I hurt. I tired. Solomon no longer want to do this. And she's like, it's okay, Solomon. Think of the rabbits. And then she, you know. Kills it. Hot girl style. So like, I don't know, mace through the chest? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's not a peaceful way to kill someone with a mace. It's not like a, hold still, this will only, no, no, it's gonna hurt. Like, it's going to take yes. off four of these, and you're going to really wish you hadn't done it. And you have superpowers. You're super tough. You're like bad right. steak. Like, this isn't going to go well. Yeah, it's not like it's like a like a super sharp blade. Like, it's like it cuts them in half. It's it's a, it's a mace. It's going to hurt. It's over and over and over with a hard, blunt instrument. I mean, it's got a spike on it, but in Justice League, it's like a, more of a nub. So Yeah. She's going to be screaming the whole time. She makes her battle cries. Like, it's not a peaceful go. Yeah, you know, times like this where you're like, man, are, are they really the hero? <laughs> yeah. Go go with God, little one. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else in the room is now traumatized for life. Right. Like Dr. Fate's like, I wish I had not seen that. The helmet and the actual guy's just <laughs> panicking the whole time. The guy wearing the helmet's vomiting into it. <laughs> Please stop. That is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> you are causing my host troubles. <laughs> it really bothers me that Dr. Fate isn't the same thing as like, the person wearing the helmet. It's really weird to me. So Young Justice doesn't even like... Okay. Dr. Fate is clearly a massive jerk in Young Justice. Okay. So by season three, he's holding Zatanna's father hostage for years at this point. And every year he releases Zatanna's father for an hour. So Zatanna and Dr. Fate can hang out for an hour. So Zatanna and Zatar can hang out for one hour. And then he has to put the helmet back on. Because if he doesn't, then the next time they need Fate and he puts the helmet on, Fate won't let him ever take it off again. So Dr. Fate is clearly a villain helping the heroes. And everyone acts like it's totally cool. Good job, old timer. <laughs> like, like Superman doesn't just beat the crap out of Dr. Fate and force Naboo to give up Zatar. Like nobody, like Batman doesn't have a 92 step plan to get Zatar back. Like nobody is helping. You know what I mean? Like, right. They're just kind of like, well, he's not fighting us. Yeah. He's incredibly powerful, and we kind of need the help, so this is convenient. Like, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, I know of your dad and all, but like, right? No, Zatar in his own way was a plenty powerful magician, and at this point, Zatanna's a very powerful one. Like, obviously, we don't necessarily need. Oh, but he's a Lord of Order, so we better have him. Like, could someone else theoretically have it? Do they have to be a magician to use the power of Dr. Fate? Uh, other people had him. Wally West is the first one to put it on in Young Justice. And the helmet was like, I'm going to keep this young body. And uh, Kent Nelson was like, you can have me again. And Dr. Fate was like, ugh, hard pass. I'll just let him go. Clearly a bad guy. <laughs> Clearly a bad guy. Every time someone puts on the helmet, they had to like negotiate him out. And Fate was like, the world needs fate. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we totally agree, but you can't have this one. And then finally it came around to where they were like, he wasn't going to give Zatanna back. And Zatar was like, I'll do it. 
Like, that's not how it works, bro. <laughs> this is a hostage situation. Yeah, clearly this is just wrong. <laughs> and everyone else in the Justice League is like, we know it's hard, but this is the way it has to be. Why? Like, false. You know what messed up? You know what that means? Okay, you know how on the on the internet everyone's doing like the stupid. Okay, maybe ten years from now this will want to be proven true, and I'll just be the guy who's wrong. I don't care. I don't really believe in the super elite pedophilia ring that runs the world. Okay, that's uh-huh. using blood magic and murdering kids and all this. Like, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of data wrong with that. So I just move on. Two million children don't go disappearing in the world every. You know what I mean? Like, there's a bunch of stupid stats that just aren't true. Um. So anyway. Right now in the DC universe, there's somebody who's like, the Justice League does child sacrifice to keep Dr. Fate happy. And everyone's like, that guy's crazy. And he's not too far off. No. <laughs> he's actually pretty close. Yeah. He holds anyone who wears the helmet hostage like for as long as humanly possible. And then he's like, all right, fine. People will be mad at me. And other times he just doesn't care. Right. Right, like it's he's clearly a villain. Yeah, he's clearly a bad guy. He just helps you out occasionally, which and, is and he makes the Tara cry every time. Yeah, because he's a terrible, terrible person. Well, so like, so this Helmet year, guy, they, I don't know. So in season three, they do the thing where Arrowette takes the new girl Halo to like the meeting place. Mm-hmm. And so Zatara and Dr. Fate are there, and Dr. Fate takes the helmet off, and it's Zatara and Zatanna, and they talk for the hour, and they, you know, they sit on the swing sets and blah, blah, blah. But uh, then Zatara's like, okay, I gotta go, gotta put the helmet on, and Zatanna's like, you don't have to, there's gotta be other ways, I love you, I miss you. And he's like, sorry, B, gotta do this for the fate of the world. Puts the helmet on again. And so then she's like breaks down and has this huge emotional moment. Arrow it's hugging her and they're crying and it's sad. And it's like, clearly, Dr. Fate's the bad guy. Right. And the fact that he doesn't even need it. Like, would it be more useful to have a slightly less powerful Dr. Fate and then un- have Zatar back? Right. Because now you have Zatar and then just a slightly depowered Fate. And in reality, really, no one should be putting on the helmet. Like, if he's just taking folks hostage, obviously you just don't put on the helmet. Right. Us in the United States of the Justice League don't negotiate with terrorists, even magical helmet terrorists. <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> yeah, they were They were like, okay, and he's like, I'll give you one hour every year. <laughs> like, somehow everyone puts Zatar is okay with it. Yeah, they're like, oh no, an hour? Well, that's not... He's not being unreasonable. He's not dead. It's like, yeah, okay, I get to spend an hour with my dad every few years before he dies. Oh, an hour. A full hour. Okay, yeah, do it. Do it. That's Like, not even, like, a day, no. An hour. (laughs) Superman and everyone else is like, yeah, that sounds fine. I don't care. Whatever. An hour, 20 minutes, a pizza. It's fine. I don't care. Yeah. Look, you saw him. It's fine. I got stuff to do. Is he coming out or he's not? Okay, well, I still don't care. I don't care. <laughs> when the world's in trouble, Dr. Fate will show up. That's all I'm worried about. But does he, though? Like, Not every time. Right. It's not like Dr. Fate is like omnipotent and like worth even all the trouble. <laughs> right, because that's the other thing. Like That means Dr. Fate better show up for every emergency everywhere. Like Dr. Fate better be on the job 24-7. Yeah, like, or he better be so strong that when he's there, like, he's basically unstoppable. Kind of like yeah. Sentry or something. Like, But still, he should be showing up. He should be one of the first five of five Justice Leaguers there every time. Right. He's got magic. He probably only wants to teleport. Like, this isn't hard. He could manipulate time. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. Dr. Fate should always be one of the first five Justice Leaguers on, on the scene ever, and he should immediately be solving a problem. But no... <laughs> If he's not doing that, then why are they even putting him on the field? Like, why even give up Zatar? For a guy who shows up sometimes and is kind of helpful, they have that in Zatar. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's the hey. resource trade there? Like, sorry. <laughs> oh, he's slightly stronger. Ooh, yeah. he can manipulate time. Ooh. If he, well, does he up, do... 
Right. If he shows up once more every month than the other guy and solves one more problem than the other guy every month, that's fine. We got like 40 leaguers. It's not even worth it. Right. And this one actively causes another one pain. Yeah. And this one is actively stealing another Justice Leaguer. Forget about causing pain to Zatanna. Actively kidnapped another member of the league and is using his body as a hostage. He's a bad guy. Dr. <laughs> Fate is a bad guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's the legal defense for Dr. Fate. There is none. Yeah. Like, the more I've been, wa- I've been rewatching season three, and that episode was a few episodes back, and the more I've been thinking about it, the more I'm like, what exactly is he doing on the like on the pull through here? Like, what makes Doctor Fate worth this at that point? Because I really like Arrowhead as a character. So when she's sitting there crying because of all of the like because of all this craziness, I'm like, and she's helping her friend, and they're going through this, and I'm like, why? 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 <laughs> what exactly does Doctor Fate bring to the table that's so much better than Zatara? Nothing. Nothing. He does magic, like, again, but, like, that doesn't make you, like, better than everyone else. Right, and then more importantly, most importantly, he has kidnapped another leaguer and is using the other leaguer's body against his will. The entire team knows it and does nothing about it. And this isn't even the first time he's done it. (laughs) No, he's been stealing people for three seasons of Young Justice. Yeah, this is, yeah. That's actually how Zatar. That's actually how Zatanna even winds up on the team. This is uh, this is this is we're calling this official, boys. We're trying to cancel Doctor Fate. Yeah, cancel culture. Circle Doctor Fate for kidnap and murder. Yeah, because if they never take the helmet off, it's just as good as killing them. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone forever. He's taken his identity and identity theft. This is terrible. Why did yeah. I never notice? Yeah, he's a bad like, guy. Like, I always knew he was, like, a helmet, but I never knew he was this awful. Yeah, man. When you rewatch Young Justice, you pick up on some weird stuff. And, like, for me, probably the biggest is that Dr. Fate is not only not helpful, he's downright rude, and, and then evil. he's now a supervillain. Right. He's evil. He's evil, yeah. but he helps you sometimes. Like, that's not good. But he doesn't. Yeah, it helps sometimes, not all the time. Yeah, it's not like he helps so much more than Zatara does either. That's the other thing. Like, like if you're justifying this in some sort of like Batman, the mission always takes precedent, horse trade kind of way, you're still wrong because he doesn't help more. Right. So now what? <laughs> right, it's like, oh, but he's slightly stronger. It's like, yeah, but we're sacrificing a whole guy for this. Right, like, what exactly is the, like, how did we get here? Where's the meeting, like, when they have a meeting where they're voting on whether or not to let Shazam in because he's secretly a 12-year-old? What what was the meeting where they had Dr. Fate? Like, who was on the, who was defending bringing him on? Right, they're like, well, we can't bring Shazam on, he's a child. And it's like, yeah, but Shazam's strong as hell. Yeah. Shazam is basically Magic Superman. And also, he's been a kid the whole time, and he's been helpful sometimes. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I mean, like, he could protect himself. He has a talking tiger. <laughs> right. Like, but then they're like, time for the next candidate, Dr. Fate. Like, who's the person who was for the who was for the defense on that one? Like, the prosecution is obviously, well, clearly he kidnapped Zatara, and he's ruining Zatanna's life, and he's holding someone hostage. So those are all counts against him. And someone else was like, oh, those are counts for him. He wants to be Justice Leaguer so bad that he's a villain. He's it. He's a good guy. Yeah. I knew him in in college. He was great. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like, Uh, it's either that or someone really hates Zatar. So the other day, yeah, I know, right? You just okay. You're, he knew him in college. Made me think of this. The other day, I read a story that completely changes, I think, the precedent for uh, for the Kavanaugh hearings. Do you remember those? Yeah. Supreme. So 
Kavanaugh was going to was nominated for the Supreme Court. Congress decided to have a hearing over some allegations of uh, sexual assault when he was in college. Whatever, whatever. So he goes up there and he makes a he kind of makes a jerk of himself. Honestly, he makes a mean face and he accuses people of being partisan, which isn't a good sign for someone who's supposed to be a judge. Um, but ultimately, he gets confirmed. Party lines, nobody breaks. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, a story came out. Bob Woodward, who is the guy who broke Watergate, okay, it's one of the most respected journalists in all of journalism. It came out. Um, he wrote a book, like mid nineties, about the Ken Starr investigation into Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. and one of his lawyer, one of the lawyers on the Ken Starr team, was an inside source for Bob Woodward. Well, people. Kavanaugh was one of the was one of the lawyers on that team. People figured out that it was Brett Kavanaugh that was the inside source. Well, Kavanaugh literally wrote a letter, and New York Times published it as an op-ed, vehemently denying that he was the source. And it also badmouthed Bob Woodward, and then it also uh, badmouthed the book and blah blah blah. And it, like he tried to counter everything the source was saying. When he did that, at the time, Bob Woodward almost wrote a counter op-ed admitting that Kavanaugh was the source. Nice, nice. And was going to give up, like, proof, like, documents and things of that nature that prove Kavanaugh was the source. Uh, He was talked out of it by an editor who was like, listen, if you do this, you're not Bob Woodward, okay? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can't be petty. Well, fast forward to the con- to the con- uh, to the confirmation to the congressional hearings, and Bob Woodward at that time almost comes forward with the story again, and he's talked out of it again by a different editor. This time because he's got it as like the part of the book that he's working on right now, and he's like, "If you do this, the book is basically worthless." Mm-hmm. So he doesn't do it again. So now he's now the book's about to come out, and it really blows my mind that like the Doctor Fate extremes there. Like he he didn't do it initially out of the good of being a, a good journalist. Fast forward to now, he didn't do it now because of profit. Yeah, like it goes from principle to terrible reason not to do it, and it's it's clearly not for the betterment of the country. Like the the better thing to do for the betterment of the country would have just been to come forward if you have information that discredits Kavanaugh as a as a testifier. Uh-huh. And this would have discredited him. This would have made this would have clearly painted him as a liar. You know what I'm saying? Right. So now you don't have to believe anything he says because he clearly wrote an op-ed in bad faith knowing he was the source. Um, but no. But no, they didn't come forward. Because he's gonna sell a book. Hey man, I gotta get them sales, bro. It really was like one part disappointing and one part like gross feeling to read it. Like to to read about this the whole thing, because it's like, man, if you'd have just done the right thing either time, and one time it probably wouldn't have been the right thing to do. Like in the nineteen nineties, it probably wouldn't have been the right thing to come forward because now Bob Woodward has burned a source. But now where he's clearly retired and doesn't give a crap and he's writing books for money, like, now he clearly should have done it. Oh, well. What are you going to do? I don't know. Justice League, nothing. Again, that's just some guy who really hates Zatar. He's like, you're telling me we can get rid of Zatar and get somebody else? I mean. <laughs> it's like green arrows on the table and he's like, you know, Zatar still owes me 20 bucks. Uh, Dr. Faye, you going to pay that debt? Dr. Fate pays all debts, human. Okay, yeah, I'm good with this. Yeah, this is fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Oliver, aren't you literally a billionaire? Yeah, but still, $20 is $20. Like, it's the principle of the matter. Right. <laughs> it's the principle. <laughs> aren't you literally a billionaire? Principle. It's the principle. Doesn't this man have a child? It's not my problem. It's not my problem. You gotta give him a $20. Isn't she on the team? <laughs> is she? Yes, Ollie, she is. Oh, well, then I guess so. Yeah, I mean, this works out for everybody. 
look, he can stay. Yeah, look, she joins this team, he joins this team. It's perfect. And I get my twenty dollars. So you gonna write a check? Like, do you carry cash? Like, how do we do this? <laughs> Doctor Fate will Venmo you. <laughs> Right, like he still has his fingerprints and stuff. Like, did you think Doctor Fate racks up like a bunch of credit card debt on Zatara's name? He could. Nothing could stop him. Yeah, his DNA is all there. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Doctor Fate is just the world's most aggressive identity theft. Right, because like your blood, (laughs) fingerprints, the whole body. Like, no one's gonna believe you've been like, I didn't do this. It was a guy in a mask. (laughs) It was me when I wore a magic helmet. It wasn't me. Right. There's no coming back. (laughs) It's part of the reason why Zatar is struggling so much is because you're just kind of pay up all these. Listen, by season three, he's all grayed out. Like, he looks bad. And like he's throwing like a scraggy beard, and his hair his hair looks too long. Like, like Naboo never takes the helmet off. That means he doesn't shower, so he probably smells gross. That is a good point. Doctor Fate is the worst. <laughs> we need to cancel Doctor Fate. This is insane. <laughs> All right, before we get out of here today, I want to tell everybody about our friends, The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More, right there on fourteen eighty eight. Uh, comic book, free comic book summer goes all the way through September. Go in there, get your free comic book, get a stamp on your passport. The passport gets turned in for loyalty points. There's all sorts of stuff going on this weekend or this week. Check the uh, Facebook page for the Adventure Begins Comics Games and More. There's a bunch of events scheduled. And have yourself a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. Go to kickstarter.com, search DMA, support my comic book. Uh, for On behalf of little brother Nico, on behalf of the Adventure Begins, on behalf of myself, same nerd thug time, same nerd thug channel. Uh, stay safe, stay clean, stay happy, stay healthy, stay friendly. Wash your hands, fight the power, Black Lives Matter. You guys have a great day. Well, this is Nerd Thug. <laughs>The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conros, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so takeouts. Uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who've been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio.